Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Nobody likes an overachiever. Someone who shows up everyone else by going above and beyond the call of duty. They breed resentment and pettiness among those who are comfortable with things being good enough. But not Amo Koivunen. He went above and beyond what most people accomplished, but nobody hated him for it. They loved him. He was a hero. Koivunen was born in Finland in 1917, eventually joining the military to fight the Soviet Union 30 years later. In 1939, the Soviets invaded Finland in what was called the Winter War. After a year of fighting, followed by the signing of a peace treaty between the two sides, the Soviets had taken 11% of the country for itself. Finnish soldiers saw a chance to get their territory back the following year as Hitler's German soldiers moved in. They joined forces with the Nazis, though they wanted no part in the Holocaust. All they wanted was their land back. Unfortunately, even with the Germans behind them, the Finns weren't strong enough to fend off the Soviets. The Nazis retreated, and Finland was left to face the Red Army on its own. Most soldiers saw the writing on the wall. There was no way they would survive another war against the Soviet Union. But some men pressed on despite the odds. One such soldier was 27-year-old Amo Koivunen. On March 18th of 1944, Koivunen was making some tea for his unit, He and his men had settled in for a cup to warm themselves amid the freezing winter air when gunshots rang out around them. Koivunen, who had been placed on ski patrol that day, sped away from the Soviet incursion gaining on his tail. He skied for hours, keeping his distance until he could find safer ground, but they kept coming. Luckily, he had a secret weapon in his pocket. It was a little pill called Pervitin. German soldiers were known to take it for an energy boost to keep fighting, There were downsides, however. Those who took the drug often experienced wild hallucinations. Some even died from the side effects. Pervitin was less like adrenaline and more like a primitive version of crystal meth. Koivunen hesitated. He had never taken this stuff before, but as enemy soldiers encroached on his position, he was left with fewer options for survival. Someone called out for him to keep going. Don't slow down, they said. So he shoved his mittened hand into his pocket and pulled out the bottle. He couldn't grasp a single pill with his hand restricted by his mitten, so he dumped the bottle out into his palm and swallowed everything that fell out. Thirty pills. The effects were almost immediate. He raced ahead, his exhaustion a thing of the past. Koivunen had never felt better. In fact, he was so hopped up on Pervitin that he didn't notice the Russians shooting at him as he skied past them in the wrong direction. He also didn't notice the landmine that blew him off his skis and obliterated his foot. 
With the Pervitin still racing through him, he crawled over 200 feet to a ditch where he waited for backup. But it never came. Koivunen expected that he would die from any number of things, the plummeting temperatures, his gaping wounds, or from the lethal dose of Pervitin raging through his system. He spent nearly a week in that dugout, subsisting on pine nuts and a bird that he caught, which he ate raw. Days later, he pulled himself out of the ditch and set off on foot with no idea where he was going. 250 miles later, he stumbled into a Finnish hospital, which took him in and assessed his condition. He had lost considerable weight, and his heart was still racing. But he'd made it. Amo Koivenen had ingested 30 times the recommended dose of a dangerous drug, escaped Soviet soldiers on skis, survived a landmine explosion, spent a week in a ditch in the freezing cold, and then walked 250 miles to reach safety. By all measures, he shouldn't have survived at all. But Amo Koivenen lived to be 72 years old. I guess what didn't kill him only made him stronger. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. In New York City, you don't build out, you build up. 
Real estate is at such a premium on the small island, stores tend to be not much larger than shoeboxes. Office buildings, on the other hand, soar so high they can pierce the clouds. No matter the size, though, one thing is certain. New York is always changing. Old buildings are torn down to make way for new ones, while mom-and-pop stores of days gone by become the chain coffee shops of today. For example, the historic Pennsylvania Station, which had been the Beaux-Arts fixture of Midtown Manhattan since 1910, was demolished in 1966 so a newer, more cost-efficient train station could be built in its place. A window into the past was shattered the day the old Penn Station came down, a sign of progress and its costs. But New York City was changing even before that. Back in 1910, buildings that had lined the streets of Greenwich Village for years suddenly found themselves on the chopping block. The reason? The city had become too crowded. Its narrow streets needed to be widened to accommodate a new subway line being built underneath. 300 properties spanning 11 blocks were slated for demolition, including storefronts, homes, and a five-story apartment building called the Voorhees. The Voorhees lived at 7th Avenue and Christopher Street and had been owned by a Philadelphia landlord named David Hess. Hess's estate resented that the city was trying to do this, and they weren't the only ones. Landowners from all over New York fought tooth and nail to keep their buildings intact. Petitions were signed, lawsuits were filed, but the city officials declared eminent domain, and the fight was over. If New York wanted to use the land for public projects, then it was well within their rights to do so. The land across those seven blocks was surveyed just before the buildings came down, with every square inch tallied up as part of the city's total. Well, almost every square inch. Apparently, the land surveyors had missed a small amount of Hess's property in their survey. The Voorhees apartment building was still demolished, but Hess's estate was entitled to the land it still owned. So the city asked them if they would be kind enough to donate that land, so as not to break up the work already underway. Hess's heirs, bitter about how they'd been treated, said no. If New York wanted its new subway line, it was going to have to build it around Lot 55, the remaining parcel of land it did not own. Which it did. The 7th Avenue subway line was eventually finished despite the Hess's ownership of Lot 55. In the late 1930s, after the estate had grown tired of paying taxes on such a tiny sliver of land, the property was sold for $1,000 to Village Cigars, owners of Lot 54 next door. It was a paltry sum for a prime slice of New York real estate, even then. Today, Village Cigars still occupies the corner of 7th Avenue and Christopher Street, and the memory of the Hess battle with the city lives on thanks to the small commemorative plaque on the sidewalk outside. It reads, Property of the Hess Estate, which has never been dedicated for public purposes. Village Cigars is not the smallest freestanding building in New York. No, that honor belongs to the 125-square-foot Greenwich locksmiths a few blocks away, which can only accommodate one or two people inside at a time. However, the former Hess property is still technically the smallest piece of private land in the city, at only 25 inches around. To see it, all one has to do is walk to the corner of 7th Avenue and Christopher Street in Greenwich Village and look down at the triangular plaque. And that's it. The plaque covers the entire property. That little act of defiance marks what remains of the Hess Estate's former New York footprint. You might not be able to build a house on it, but you can certainly admire what it represents. 25 inches of stubbornness from one New York City family that refused to be bullied around. Now that's what I'd call 
curious. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.